0: In a stadium rich with tradition. We have that here, and it, it reeks. And when you come in, teams take the field, they can feel it. The
1: lights shine the brightest. Definitely playing at Camp Randall is one of the best places to play in playing college football. This is The Camp. Now, here's your host, Zach Heilprin, and the Athletics, Jesse Temple, on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. Yes, welcome into the camp here on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. I'm Zach Heilperin. He's Jesse Temple, a special edition of the camp. Obviously we had to do one to look back at the Iowa game, but we're not going to be talking about this year's team on this episode of the camp. It's all about the Wisconsin recruiting class, the twenty twenty one recruiting class that will sign on the dotted line on Wednesday. And it is a very, very good class, one that is ranked as high as any class that has ever been at Wisconsin in the online rankings era, which dates back to what is it, two thousand two? What is it, Jesse? 2001? What? Do you know? Somewhere
2: in that range. I, all right. I, I usually say about two decades. I think it depends on the outlet, but that, that's about right.
1: <laughs> yeah, that, that sounds about right. So, all right. So, it's the best one ever. It's currently ranked in the 24-7 composite rankings. It's ranked 16th in the country and third in the Big Ten. That is uh, wait, about 10 spots higher than they have been ever before. I think they finished 26 last year, so they're in the top 25 for the first time. It's a really good, really good class and we'll get to all of it. We have a a couple of great guests coming up. Uh, we'll talk with John McNamara from uh, Rivals.com. And we'll also talk with the top-rated recruit in the class. It is uh, Nolan Rucci, the five-star offensive tackle out of Pennsylvania. Lots of exciting things to get to. He was great. We had a great conversation with him. So you'll hear that coming up here in a little bit. But Jesse, this class, for the most part, was put together prior to the pandemic, right? Not completely, but it was a lot of the legwork was done prior to when everything got shut down in March.
2: Yeah, this class is really a fascinating uh, demonstration of what Wisconsin was able to do during such an unprecedented time, because when the second week of March arrived, Wisconsin had eight committed players in the 2021 class. And then obviously, Everything shut down. Nobody could come and visit. You could only do things virtually. And if Wisconsin hadn't done the legwork that you mentioned from the outset, I don't know that we would be sitting here right now talking about a top 20 class because they wound up inking an additional 13 players from that point forward. Nine of those 13 guys committed during the pandemic, but they had previously visited campus. And that, to me, is one of the separators for Wisconsin is they they consistently – Evaluate prospects early. They get them on campus early. They develop those relationships early and then they make offers and hopefully for them, they get commitments early. And so I think that was huge because of those nine guys who committed after things shut down, eight of them were from out of state. Uh, But the other component that was impressive here is it was really a two pronged attack because they still had to get guys who had never been to campus. And had an opportunity to talk to Saeed Khalif, who's the director of player personnel, this week about how they accomplished some of those goals. And the virtual visit was everything for, for some of these guys, because that was their only opportunity to see the school. Saeed said he he would put together a video in tandem with some of the, the video people that lasted you know, 28 to 33 minutes or so, taking them through everything. What does State Street look like? What does the terrace look like? What do academics look like? Uh, a hype video of, of the football team. And... If they were interested, then he would schedule another meeting. And they got four guys, uh, additional guys in the class, who hadn't been able to visit. So I think when you look on the whole, it's just been really impressive what they were able to do um, during, like I said, a time that nobody could have planned for. And here they are with the number 16 class in the country.
1: Yeah, and it's a class that uh, hails from 12 different states, including obviously Wisconsin has the most kids with six recruits. Uh, But they hit California, they hit Colorado, They hit New Jersey, they hit Connecticut, they got down into Tennessee, they got into Florida. I mean, they uh, were all over the place, including the Midwest, obviously, in Ohio. Pennsylvania dropped their biggest prize, and that was uh, Nolan Rucci, and we'll get into that with him a little bit. But, you know, just the class overall... Let's go through a couple of these these big names, and we'll start with the guy who I believe was the one of the first, and that would be quarterback Deacon Hill out in California. He was kind of, and he's kind of been the cheerleader all along. He stayed with Wisconsin after uh, uh, UCLA came calling. A guy who has family members, and there's a very long history there with UCLA, decided to stick with Wisconsin. What is Wisconsin getting in Deacon Hill?
2: Yeah, it's a uh... He could have gone to UCLA. He wanted to go to UCLA at a, at a previous time. But what Wisconsin's getting to start, the comparisons that are generally made and that his high school coach has told me is, is a Ben Roethlisberger type. He's a big dude, he's six foot four. And uh, Deacon's dad told me that he went down to an Elite 11 camp in LA last year and he weighed 250 pounds. Which is pretty darn big for a quarterback, but he's worked really hard to get that weight down, and he's lost thirty pounds. So he's 6'4", 220 now. Uh, he's he's a pocket passer. He's kind of a, a prototypical pocket passer, uh, which fits into Wisconsin's system. And he doesn't go down easily because of how big of a frame he is. One of the things that excites his dad is that Deacons never played behind an offensive line that was bigger than him. So you go to Wisconsin, and then that's what you're going to get. Um, and his story is interesting. And I'm, I'm going to plug a, a long story that I wrote on Deacon this week on The Athletic. So if you're listening, I encourage you to check it out. You know, Wisconsin, like I said before, one of the things that they've thrived in is early offers. And John Budmeyer made a West Coast swing back in May 2019. Deacon Hill had started two games as a varsity quarterback. He liked what he saw. He offered him a scholarship. That was the first scholarship Deacon ever had. And honestly, uh, that meant everything in his entire recruitment because he had gone to camps He wanted Pac-12 schools to look at him. UCLA watched him, UNLV, Oregon State. Nobody offered him. And for Wisconsin to come in and believe in him, uh, that was pretty significant. So he ended up committing in June of 2019 after visiting campus. And a full year later, this past summer, Chip Kelly, the head coach at UCLA, calls him and offers him a scholarship. And you mentioned the family history. He has three older sisters who all went to UCLA, all played on the water polo team. Um, There was a lot of discussion about what he was going to do. But loyalty is really important to him. And ultimately, he decided to bypass UCLA, which once was the school he wanted to attend, and take a chance on Wisconsin because they took a chance on him. So that's the backstory on Deacon Hill. Uh, and Wisconsin didn't get a quarterback in the 2020 class. So it's a, a pretty big pickup because uh,
1: he's a good player and he's recruited a lot of guys in the class, too. Yeah, you mentioned the uh, offensive line being bigger than him. And that, that starts, I mean, their, their three highest rated recruits are along the offensive line. Nolan Rucci being the number one guy in the state of Pennsylvania, JP Benshaw, the brother of uh, former Badgers, Luke Benshaw and Bo Benshaw. And uh, he's the number one player in the state of Wisconsin. And then Riley Malman from uh, Minnesota, the number one player in the state of Minnesota, all coming to Wisconsin. And uh, it feels like just the rich getting richer, considering some of the offensive line talent that they've brought in here these last two years. Yeah,
2: there's no doubt about it. Purely from a, a, a recruiting star perspective, and I, I'm sure I've said this on previous episodes, this has to be considered the most talented team, uh, a group of offensive linemen that Wisconsin has had. Uh, and I'm not saying that they will be better players than some of those linemen on the in the 2010-11 uh, teams, but... You mentioned you've got three guys in this class that are either four or five-star players. The 2020 class had a couple of in-state four-star players with Jack Nelson, who we've already seen a little bit, and Trey Weddig. The 2019 class had Logan Brown, who was the first five-star player to sign with the Badgers in 12 years since Josh Oglesby way back in 2007. And they also got... Joe Tipman, who is a four-star prospect, uh, and they still have Caden Lyles on the roster, who's another four-star prospect. So that is an awful lot of high-end talent uh, that are going to be fighting for playing time, and, and you have to imagine that a line that has been very good over the years will continue to be that
1: good, if not better. Wisconsin doesn't normally get defensive backs. They usually have to go outside of the state to get them, right? Like, they don't, you don't normally see it a ton of guys. Like, right now, Wisconsin's starting safeties are from Michigan and from Maryland, uh, and then along with Colin Wilder from Texas. So those those are essentially their three. Their backups. Titus Toler from California. Like So they have a bunch of guys, and their their cornerbacks that are certainly the same way. But in this class, I'm talking about the safety spot. They bring in two of the better safeties in the country, both of them from Wisconsin. Hunter Woller out of Muskego and Braylon Allen, who uh, reclassified, I guess you could say, and went from the 2022 class into the 21 class. Those two guys, both four-star players. Wolder, the number two player in the state of Wisconsin, Braylon Allen, the number three player. Now there's, you know, we'll see if Braylon Allen stays at at safety or whatever. Some people would suggest he won't, but they are safeties right now coming in. Two really, really good players.
2: Yeah, this is special to have this happen because in the history of the online ranking era, there had never been a four-star safety or defensive back from the state of Wisconsin. So... Hunter Woller was the first in the 2021 class, and then Braylon was the second. And as you said, Braylon's reclassified, so they're coming in together. Just unprecedented for Wisconsin. So to get those guys, it says a lot. And Hunter Woller, both these guys were national recruits, but especially Hunter. Ohio State went hard after him. It's not often that Ohio State comes into Wisconsin and and really takes a a hard look at somebody, but that's what they did with Hunter, and it was really... between Ohio State and Wisconsin. When I talked to his dad, he said it was basically 1A and 1B. Um, but he, he wanted to be a part of this program. And one of the conversations that helped to seal the deal was he was in Paul Chris's office. This is right before he committed, which was last year, December 2019. And they started talking about winning a national championship, doing things that had never been done before. And it was it kind of reminded me of the, the Joe Panos, why not, Wisconsin line from All those years ago, it was like, why not? Why can't we do this? Um, And I think that obviously excited Hunter. And when you're bringing players in of that caliber and and you're stacking that on top of other guys, um, it it feels like a possibility, at least to these players. And so I think that was a a deciding factor. And he just won the the state uh, defensive player of the year, was it? Uh, Again, for, for another year. So an incredible talent. And as far as Braylon Allen goes... I mean, I would expect him to play some type of hybrid role. He said that Jim Leonard for now has just talked to him about uh, playing safety. The film they break down is safety film. But he very well could be a linebacker. He can do a lot of different things. I do wonder where he's going to wind up because Wisconsin does have six linebackers coming in in this class. And maybe some of those guys wind up on the defensive line because they only have one defensive lineman officially coming into this class with Mike Jarvis. But uh, got to be excited if you're a Badgers fan to have those two guys coming into the program as good as they are.
1: All right, so after the last couple of games, or the last three games, I should say, there has been talk about where is the wide receiver depth for Wisconsin, right? Like, where where are the guys? You had four last year in, in Quintez, Cephas, and A.J. Taylor, and Danny Davis, and Kendrick Pryor. You lose two of them, you get Kendrick back, and you get Danny back, and now they've missed time with injuries. We've seen Ray DK make some plays, but it, uh, it feels a little light there. So Wisconsin got a pair of uh, wide receiver recruits in this class. Marcus Allen, wide receiver out of Ohio, and then also Skylar Bell, uh, a wide receiver, obviously, out of Connecticut. We heard Graham Mertz talk this week, and he, he said he really likes Tim Radica, and he likes what he's seen from Devin Chandler and the, the very little action that he's gotten on the field. But he also said he's been texting with these two guys and saying, you know, be ready when you get when you get here.
2: Yeah, and I think this starts with... Wide receivers coach Alvis Witted, obviously, because you have to give him a ton of credit. When he came in in March after Ted Gilmore left to take a job at Michigan State, there were zero wide receivers committed. I didn't know where Wisconsin was going to go with this because it looked like their top option or the guy that appeared to be on their board the longest was Jalen Noel, and and he ended up uh, not even having Wisconsin in his top two. It was between Iowa State and Nebraska, and ultimately he was able to get these two guys – Skyler Bell was one of those players who did not have an opportunity to visit campus initially. Uh, So it took those virtual visits and then he quietly made a visit to Wisconsin and Iowa and ultimately committed to Wisconsin. But one of those downfield potential big play threats that Wisconsin needs, he didn't have an opportunity to play in his senior season because his, his league canceled it because of the coronavirus. But in his junior year, he caught 36 passes for 549 yards and eight touchdowns. And then Marcus Allen to me, I think he has the potential to be a really special receiver, somebody that contributes early, somebody that maybe is the type of player that doesn't come through Wisconsin very often. He initially committed to Michigan back in the spring, and he visited Wisconsin for a junior day. This was after Gilmore was gone, but before Witted was hired, ultimately picked Michigan and then he decommitted. He said Michigan basically wasn't giving him any love. They just kind of stopped paying attention to him. And Witted was the first guy to call him. And Wisconsin was obviously of high interest. This guy is a home run hitter to me. He's a big play threat. You look at some of the numbers that he put up last season in his senior year. He only played eight games. He caught 60 passes for 844 yards with 14 touchdowns. And he consistently made the game winning score like multiple times. He, he would catch touchdown pass in the last 30 seconds of a game. So he was the big play threat. Uh, and like I said, th- this is somebody who had so many options initially committed to Michigan. I, I think he's going to be a contributor sooner rather than later.
1: The other spot that people have been wondering about because of, you know, Jalen Berger being out with now with uh, presumably COVID uh, done for the season was the has been the one, you know, real true bright spot in the offensive backfield. They bring in three guys in Jackson Acker or Acker, I guess depends where you are from in the state, uh, and how you want to pronounce that. Loyal Crawford, who's from Eau Claire, uh, Ager's from Verona, uh, Loyal Crawford from Eau Claire, and then there's Antoine Roberts out of uh, Tennessee. Now, not all three of those guys are actually going to end up playing running back, you wouldn't think. But of those three, which one do you think has the, the best chance to, to make an impact at running back?
2: Well, Antoine Roberts, I suppose. Um, I mean, he's got a really good skill set, I think, and he put up monster numbers this year out in uh, Tennessee. I mean, I think Loyal Crawford will also come in at running back. If I had to evaluate this, the, the guy that jumps out to me that you say – is not going to play running back and I'm speculating here, but it, it is talking to his high school coach and things like that would be Jackson acre, just because I think he could fit in, in in different places. I mean, he's a big body. Maybe he could be a fullback. They're losing Mason Stocky. So they'll still have a couple scholarship guys with John Chanel um, and Quan Easterling. But Maybe he winds up playing running back. They just already have four scholarship guys that'll be coming back next year. So I don't see a situation where you have seven scholarship running backs. Although given the way things have played out this year, they, they could probably use all the help they can get. With with Loyal Crawford, I think the, the key to him is staying healthy. Uh, he really hasn't been able to to stay healthy in his career. He had a couple collarbone injuries, hamstring injury. I think he had a concussion before. Um, so if he can stay healthy, he's, a, he's another big play threat. Because last season... He averaged 9.1 yards per carry. He had 11 touchdowns. He just hasn't been able to stay healthy enough. So I, I like what they got in him. I like what they got in Roberts too. And the thing that sells Wisconsin so well, as you well know, is the running game. What game did he happen to go to on his uh, visit? He saw Wisconsin play Purdue last year. And that was a game where the Badgers rushed for 403 yards. Jonathan Taylor ran for 222 yards and a touchdown. And then he took a lap around the stadium to shake hands with fans in his Camp Randall sendoff. So those types of performances are what gets future guys wanting to be a part of that. So I, I think that's noteworthy um, that these guys who come from out of state get to experience something like that.
1: No doubt. Uh, let's go back to the other side of the ball where there are a bunch of linebackers, as you mentioned, uh, you know, guys that perhaps played, you know, defensive end or were listed at def- as defensive ends in, in uh, high school, probably play outside linebacker in college. Among them, TJ bowlers, the kid out of Iowa, who is a second ranked player in the state of Iowa. And, uh, had, you know, a pretty good uh, connection to the uh, Iowa Hawkeyes and yet really never even considered them.
2: Yeah, his dad Trevor actually played fullback for Iowa under Hayden Fry in the late 1990s. And w- when I was talking to his family, his-, his mom said that because of the bitter rivalry between the two programs, uh, she didn't think Wisconsin would be a legitimate option for-, for TJ. And she actually remembered watching a game at Camp Randall Stadium in which Trevor sustained an injury but obviously uh, that didn't deter TJ from wanting to be a part of this program it's a, another significant pickup for Wisconsin you mentioned that he played on the defensive line but will be coming in as an outside linebacker I, I am curious to see whether all these guys do play linebacker because they still have uh, a lot of quality young guys that are already in the program but um, you know he had a ton of options and Wisconsin was far and away his number one choice he he wrote down in a journal, every time he would go to a school so he could go back and uh, kind of remember what happened. And he kept coming back to Wisconsin was Wisconsin scored more points than anybody else. Uh, so I think it says a lot about just what, what the program has to offer and, and what the coaching staff uh, says to these guys to give them a picture of how they'll fit into the program.
1: What about a kid like Daryl Peterson coming out of uh, Ohio who just put up ridiculous sack numbers, especially as a junior really, really talented kid and also a really talented program. But, uh, Archbishop uh, Hoban and there in Akron.
2: Yeah, this program has been good to Wisconsin because that's the same school that Quan uh, Easterling went to. But you're right, he's a sack machine. And it, his junior year, he had 45 tackles, 24 tackles for loss, and a single-season school record 21 sacks, which is just utterly ridiculous. I feel like you should just put three or four dudes on him and make sure he can't get to the quarterback. But that's the thing that he, he, he says that he enjoys the most. He says he brings a lot of energy. He makes the game fun to watch. And he gets to the quarterback. He said, that's what I love to do. I love to sack quarterbacks. That brings joy to me. So another big time pickup because, you know, Alabama was a legitimate option for him. And, and the same for TJ Bowlers. And those those guys became friends on the recruiting trail. And obviously, they're coming in together. It, his top three was Wisconsin, Alabama, and West Virginia. And he added a Michigan um, offer late. So added them to the group. He visited Alabama in February for one of its junior days. He had a one-on-one meeting with Nick Saban. Uh, but ultimately, he picked Wisconsin. So... I think that's another thing to consider about this is the highest rated recruiting class Wisconsin has had. You've got a lot of four and, and five star guys. And and even though he may be a high three star guy, these guys could go anywhere and they're picking Wisconsin. And and that says a lot about where they feel the future of the program is headed.
1: Yes. So Wisconsin also loves brothers still, don't they? We uh, obviously Hayden Rucci, a tight end for the Badgers. We have uh, Jack Sanborn, a linebacker. For the Badgers, well, they're brothers, both part of this class. We talked about. Uh, I'll, I want to talk about Nolan before, right before we get into his interview, which is coming up here in just a few minutes. Uh, but we'll start with Brian Sanborn, another linebacker. His brother's been uh, a, a pretty good player for Wisconsin. Uh, in his second year, you know, as a starter, has picked up kind of where he left off last year. Has been very, very good. What do you know about Brian Sanborn and, and I assume a very similar player to his brother. That's exactly what
2: I was going to say. He's a lot like Jack. Same build, same instinctual feel for the game same tackling style, even when his, his mom said she'll watch Brian and think it's Jack sometimes, like it's kind of a clone. Um, and I think that's what made the recruiting process a little bit more difficult for him because the way his mom put it, Brian was basically looking for a reason not to go to Wisconsin. He didn't want to go there just because Jack was there, but ultimately it checked all the boxes and it was some of the same reasons that Jack wanted to go there. So um, I think it'll be a really cool opportunity for those guys, assuming that Jack obviously decides to come back. And I have to imagine the fact that Brian will uh, will be there, will, will play a significant factor that Jack will be a senior and, and Brian will be uh, a freshman. But, yeah, I mean, he's he's one of the three inside linebackers that are coming in the class um, and just a, a tackling machine a lot like Jack. And I think Badgers fans are going to like that, because, as you said, they've certainly got a lot of production already out of Jack and there's more to come.
1: All right, so let's get into the top-rated recruit in this class. It is Nolan Rucci, five-star offensive tackle out of uh, Pennsylvania, the number one player in the state of Pennsylvania. Family connections galore to Penn State. Obviously, his brother is at Wisconsin. Uh, but he decided to, to choose the Badgers and uh, join what we kind of talked about already is just the, the, the continued added of riches to the offensive line. When you look at him, is this as impressive as a, as a player as uh, you've seen Wisconsin recruit I mean he's up there in terms of the all-time recruits as you would imagine the three all-time top all-time recruits in Wisconsin history are offensive linemen Josh Oglesby obviously from Wisconsin he's the number one all-time guy according to 24-7 composite Logan Brown is number two he's currently the backup left tackle and then there comes Nolan in your mind where where does he rank uh, in guys that you've seen and guys that you've talked to and just maybe just as a person what, what impresses you about him?
2: Well, what impresses me is just his maturity. And it is obvious that he has handled his share of interviews over the last few years. When you become a five star prospect, you're getting text messages and calls all the time. You're getting reporters wanting to ask you where you're going to commit, what your finalists are, things like that. So he's incredibly well spoken, and you talk to him and you don't really think he's in high school. So um, I think that's the first thing. But from a football perspective, just an absolute mauler, a completely dominant offensive lineman. That's why he's a five star prospect. And again, is this somebody who could have gone anywhere in the country? You look at what his top nine was, and in addition to Wisconsin, it was Penn State, Clemson, Alabama, LSU, Michigan, Ohio State, Notre Dame, and Stanford. Now, he didn't have an opportunity to visit all of those schools, um, and the fact that his brother already was at Wisconsin was a major factor in his decision. And, and His parents have said that you know they tried to be a little bit hands-off with Nolan because of all the conversations that he had about this uh, and it was only when he said that he wanted to go to Wisconsin when they realized just how big a factor Hayden being at Wisconsin was for Nolan and the times that he visited or probably visits he wouldn't have had otherwise you know to to even this past summer he was in Madison because the family brought Hayden back to get ready for this season so he had, he built great relationships and Wisconsin was recruiting him when they were recruiting his older brother I mean Joe Rudolph was talking to him as an eighth grader before he went into his ninth grade year. This is before he had any offers at all. I think he just wanted to get to know him. He was probably a a pretty big guy, and he thought maybe he'd develop into something. But it's about relationship building, and obviously having Hayden there was a big component because Hayden was able to tell Nolan exactly what was going on with the program
1: and why it was such a great place. And we heard from Nolan Rucci exactly why he did choose Wisconsin. About a 20-minute interview that uh, we'll play right now. This is uh, Nolan Rucci, Wisconsin's top-rated recruit. In the 2021 class. Yes, we do welcome in Nolan Rucci, Wisconsin commit in the class of 2021. He's the number one player in the state of Pennsylvania, the number five overall offensive tackle in the country, according to 24-7 Sports Nolan, thanks for joining us. I know this is a big week for you, and I know it's a question that has been asked of you, I'm sure, a ton of times and one that you probably already have an answer already created for. But why Wisconsin? Coming from Pennsylvania, why Wisconsin?
3: Well, first off, uh, thanks for having me on, guys. It's great to be on here. Um, and I think, you know, it's not just, uh, you know, one reason. There's a whole lot of factors that I think went into my decision. Um you know, one obviously academically, Wisconsin is a great school. Um, I'm looking to go for engineering, and so they have a great program there. Um, they have a bunch of guys on the team doing it already, which is important. Cause that's not a thing you see everywhere. Um, obviously, number two is football. Just the the caliber of guys that they have there, um, not only the the players but the coaching staff. Um, I think just the ability that they've had the past couple of seasons, just putting guys, you know, into the NFL. Um, and uh, Coach Rudy's been great uh you know doing offense and everything like that so I'm super uh you know excited to be part of that offense and part of that offensive line room um and so I just really can't wait to get to work um up in Madison uh you know with my older brother too so I think that's uh, also a pretty cool thing
2: Nolan how much pressure did you feel about potentially going to Penn State given that you're from Pennsylvania your parents went there and your dad was an offensive lineman there I imagine that was a question you got asked a lot
3: Oh, absolutely. Especially living, um, you know, only two hours away. So, um, you know, every I grew up a Penn State fan. Everybody that I know um, and, and all my friends, are all a Penn State fans. So, yeah, I was always, I was getting that question a lot. Um, you know, or what's it down to? What schools you're looking at? Are you going to Penn State? Um, but I think at the end of the day, uh, Wisconsin was just, you know, the right foot. It, it had what I wanted um, as far as you know, the locker room and and um, you know, the guys in there. And I think um as as far as the outside pressure, um, I think one piece of advice that my dad um told me and I thought was really helpful is that um at the end of the day it's the most um selfish decision that you'll ever make uh when you commit to a school and so it has to be only you considering it. You can't really Uh, taking into account what everybody else wants it's at the end of the day it's what you want and so that really helped me out um as far as narrowing it down to Wisconsin
2: before you started high school there was once a time where you weren't a five-star player you didn't have any scholarship offers can you describe what it's like to become one of the most sought-after recruits in the country and how that impacted your daily schedule with talking to coaches or whatever other responsibilities you had to fulfill the last several years
3: yeah I mean it was kind of unreal um obviously I got to see my older brother Hayden go through his process, which was really helpful for me, um, as a kid in middle school, just watching, um, someone else go through it for the first time. And so I think by the time it got around to my recruiting process, um, you know, and I start, was starting out, um, you know, my high school career, I didn't know um, what I was going to do or if even I was going to play at the next level. And so, um, you know when that first call came in and coach Turner, um, and I got that first, uh, you know, offer from Wisconsin, things uh, got real. And so, you know, the the offers kind of started coming in um, and really starting to, uh, you know, pick up, talking to coaches, coaches, uh, you know, pulling you out of class every day in school. And so um, it is really cool. Um, I think some guys, and especially me, sometimes you take it for granted. Um, you know, when you're talking to all these awesome head coaches, you got um, – you know head coaches coming into school and you know flying in on planes to come see us so i think taking a step back um and just looking at the process it was you know super cool um you know having to you know having that experience because that's not uh you know something everyone can say and so i think being able to go um do those things and then make my decision at the end of the day and make sure make sure it was wisconsin um you know pretty special you talked
2: about seeing this process play out with your older brother. And I know you had a chance to talk to coach Rudolph on one of Hayden's recruiting visits back before your ninth grade year. What are your impressions of coach Rudolph and why do you want to play for him?
3: Yeah, that was a really cool experience. And at that point I, um, you know, I hadn't even played it down to high school football. I hadn't uh, even been recruited yet. And so um, I think we were there on one of Hayden's visits uh, up to campus. And I think we were sitting in a, just a tight ends meeting with Coach Turner, and uh, Rudy came over and pulled me into his office, and I think we just talked one on one for probably a good forty-five minutes, um, you know, just about football and, um, and you know, recruiting, everything like that. So that early on, that was a pretty cool experience, um, just to see how much, uh, you know, the time he gave to me and um, the fact that he believed in me, and I think the fact that also Wisconsin was my first offer just showed. You know how much Coach Rudy believed in me and uh, the potential that he saw in me, and so I think it's always been that uh, really cool relationship uh, with Coach. And so um, you know, to now have the chance to go play for him is pretty awesome.
2: What was the most interesting or memorable recruiting pitch you heard during this whole process? Given the number of schools and coaches you talked to,
3: Um, you know, you you can uh, name off the list of head coaches and everything like that. I think some of the coolest conversations. Um, was uh, with Coach O, you know, right after their championship win. I um, was talking about going down to the bayou, uh, eating some, uh, you know, some some gumbo down there and uh, having a good time. Uh, unfortunately, we never did get to go down and see Coach O, and it would have been great just to shake that dude's hand because I have a lot of respect for him. Um, but I think just having all those visits, um, you know, up in Madison, uh, hanging out with, the, with the, uh, the guys on the team, with my older brother, um, those are some really cool experiences.
1: Nolan, you know, you talked about not being able to go down and visit LSU, and I'm sure other places that you wanted to go and visit. How much did the the pandemic and the inability to go and visit places impact your decision? Included in that, uh, you know, obviously having Hayden home so much, you know, over the in the spring and and uh, parts of the summer because he wasn't able to be back here. How much did that uh, impact your decision and uh, affect how you chose Wisconsin?
3: Yeah, so it was definitely a strange year um, for recruiting. Um, I kind of started out the, the only visit I think I uh, ended up taking this year was um, to Clemson Um, and so that was like uh, one weekend and then the next weekend is when everything got shut down and so um, it was hard because you kind of had the whole I had that whole spring scheduled out as far as official visits um, where I was going to do and I'd actually um, planned to make a commitment uh, before the beginning of the summer and so obviously timelines change um, when things like that happen and so uh, it definitely made it a little bit diffic- more difficult, um, not being able to get up to campuses, um, seeing coaches, players, people in person, um, seeing campuses. Uh, I, I guess the the one nice thing was having Hayden home because um, it was really cool. Uh, you know, not only just the you know work out in the basement uh, every day with him and um, kind of grind a little bit, but also just to you know hear the stories and stuff of uh, of his experience is at Madison. Um, that he had his freshman year and just to hear how how much he got along with the guys and coaches. And, you know, it was really cool to hear those things. And I think that kind of resonated with me to a certain extent um, and just kind of made me see, you know, how I could see myself up there. And I think uh, it was, it was definitely different as far as the traditional uh, recruiting experience because it was really all just, uh, you know, FaceTime, Zoom calls, um, you know, talking with coaches over the phone and, uh, talking to professors and actually the players too. And so there, there was, um, some cool things because I, I I, got to talk to a lot of, uh, professors at a lot of different universities, um, and kind of learn how their, their engineering programs were. And, um, I think, you know, get a lot of, uh, useful information from that. And so it was, uh, yeah, it was hard at times, but I think at the end of the day, um, yeah, it, it definitely helped me, uh, pick Wisconsin. You mentioned you didn't have an opportunity
2: to visit LSU. What did your schedule look like? What places did you not have a chance to get to because of the pandemic?
3: Yeah, I think out of the top nine, um, the ones that I wasn't able to get to was, I believe, LSU, uh, Alabama, and Stanford um and so yeah it would have been great to have the opportunity to take those visits and see those schools because you know who doesn't want to uh you know go on officials and stuff like that um but really I don't know if those things would have uh you know changed my uh decision at all or made a huge impact um I know um having those experiences would be fun but they're really kind of a silver lining to a, a great recruiting experience.
2: For people listening who haven't had the opportunity to watch you play in high school, can you describe what you think you do well on the field and some of the qualities you'll bring to Wisconsin?
3: Yeah, I think um, uh, coaches really like the way that I, um, you know, how athletic I am for my size, 6'8. Uh, and I think uh, there's not a whole lot of guys who are able to, um, you know, be flexible um, and, uh, be able to get low and uh, still be strong and come out of a stance, uh, hard and fast like that. Um, I think, um, I, I as, far, as far as I think, I really like, um, you know, just like bullying people in the, in the trenches and, you know, I, I just like driving people on the ground and finishing. Cause that's, uh, you know, a lot of some, you know, a lot of, there's some, a lot of six, eight guys out there, but not all of them, uh, you know, have that kind of mentality. And I think that's, I'm really excited to bring that to Madison. Um, and just, uh, They really get to work with the older guys, learn from them, um, and, uh, you know, be a part of the program. Are there
2: members of the recruiting class that you're coming in with that have impressed you, whether you watch their film or talk to them or anything like that at this point?
3: Uh, Yeah, I mean, I've gotten a chance to, um, obviously we have our, our group chat and we're all talking and stuff like that. And some guys will send some of their clips um and so uh, deacon's awesome i think uh, he's made a lot of improvements from last year and he looks really good um and I'm, I'm just excited to be able to block for him at some point and uh i know um you know riley and jp and just watching their films uh you know remind me or remind me a lot of uh you know the guys on the team and um you know i think they both have that mentality just the, being a being a prick and um you know, just driving people on the ground. And I'm excited to, uh, you know, bring that kind of energy to Wisconsin. Is that how you would
1: describe your game? I just being a prick. I mean, that, I, you, you, <laughs> you said it, so I, I mean, yeah. that's that, I think sure. that that will work really well around here, but I'm just wondering if that would be kind of how you would describe your overall game. Then.
3: Yeah, I think, um, yeah, maybe a little bit of that. Um, you know, there's some finesse too. Um, I, I do enjoy playing defensive end. That's a little bit on my, uh, my senior tape is, uh, Build some a little bit of finesse, but I think you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, you can have as much talent uh, as you want. You can uh, you know be as good as you want, but if you're not willing to work for it, you're not willing to um, you know put your nose down, get after it, and just like get after guys, whether it be in practice or on the uh, you know on the on the on the game field. Uh, I think it's hard to uh, hard to survive if you're not willing to uh, you know get after it a little bit. You're. Part
1: of this recruiting class right now that is, is obviously, you know, and recruiting rankings are what they are, but Wisconsin's best class ever, and it includes a couple of guys you mentioned on the offensive line in, in J.P. and in Riley. I mean, going back to the previous classes and the class before 20 and 20 uh, I should say 19 and then 20, there's a lot of offensive linemen in there and a lot yeah. of offensive tackles in there. Has anybody to- asked anybody else who's actually going to play tackle, who's going to move inside? Like, has there been any kind of talk whatsoever on that? Have you heard any discussion on that at all?
3: Yeah, obviously there's been, um, you know, a lot of offensive linemen coming in and I don't know the exact details on, uh, uh, what Coach Rudy has in mind as far as who, who's going to move inside and who's going to stay out. Um, you know, all I know is that when I come in is that, um, yeah, I, I have to earn that position and so I'm willing to do that, um, you know, do whatever it takes. And I think uh, that's the same mentality the, the other guys coming in, um, you know, with me have. And I think that's, Um, you know, an important mindset to have, because, you know, when you're, when they have a lot of guys like that, um, I think the mentality you have to have is, you know, iron sharpens iron. So if you have a lot of guys and a lot of great offensive linemen, um, you know, you can really only improve yourselves by, uh, you know, competing to the best of your ability.
2: Nolan, you're coming in with the highest ranked class in in school history, but this is the third straight year that Wisconsin is uh, set that record. Uh, what do you think that says about the direction the football program is heading and the types of players that have come into the
3: program? I think that's a testament, um, you know, not only the coaching staff and uh, obviously hats off to them for doing such a great job and um, you know hats off to Saeed, um, the recruiting coordinator, um, you know, for getting this these guys together. Um, but I think it's also a testament to. Um, you know, why Wisconsin is Wisconsin. And I think it's, uh, the, the values that they hold there at the program, um, you know, the kind of, uh, yeah, I, I, definitely everybody says this, um, but the, the, the family atmosphere. And I think, um, you can really only, um, you know, get that by going there and experiencing it. And I think, um, what I'd say to any recruit looking at Wisconsin is if you go there, um, I think you're going to love it, you know, the minute you set foot on campus. Cause I think, um, you know, there's just so many good things about Madison, um, you know, from the, from the town itself, um, to the coaching staff, to the, the guys on the team, they're all just, uh, you know, a bunch of you know great dudes. I could probably sit down and talk to coach Chris for, you know, an hour, uh, you know, just not even about football, just, you know, kind of man to man. And, um, I just appreciate about, um, you know, how down to earth the coaching staff is, um. You know, how friendly the players are and the guys and uh, just how well they get along. And I think you really see that when you uh, when you walk into that locker room and see the, the relationships they have together. And so I'm super excited you know, to be a part of that. There's a lot of excitement
2: about these recruiting classes that have come in and maybe elevating the program, getting to a new level. Do you and your future teammates discuss the possibility of helping Wisconsin take that next step, whether it's making the playoffs or winning a national championship?
3: Absolutely. I mean, who doesn't, um, you know, I, I think we're super excited, um, you know, not only us, but the class ahead of us um, and the guys there right now. I think it's going to obviously be a team effort, um, but I think we're all excited, um, you know, as a recruiting class. You know, it's really cool, um, you know, being the the, the top ranked recruiting class. But at the end of the day, um, you know, stars and all that kind of stuff kind of, uh, you know, cease to matter when you walk into that um you know, onto that practice field. And so I think, uh, I think we're all ready to earn our stripes and, uh, you know, help this team win a natty.
2: Nolan, once you sign, what's your plan moving forward? Are you finished with
3: high school? Or are you enrolling
2: early or, uh, where do things stand with that? Uh,
3: I think I'll be finishing out my senior year and then, uh, heading up in June. I don't think I'll be, uh, enrolling or, or enrolling early. Uh, academically, I just have to I'd have to do a lot of online classes, and I have a great group of friends here um, back in my high school. So I'm just, uh, you know, I just kind of want to finish things out, enjoy my senior year and have a good time, and then, uh, you know, get up to Madison and get after it.
1: And we can't wait uh, for you to get here. And hopefully when you get here, we'll actually be able to talk face-to-face as opposed to what yeah, all, of us, all of us have had to deal with here these last few months. But, hey, Nolan, certainly appreciate your time, and uh, congratulations on what is a, a huge week for you, and look forward to see you here in Madison.
3: Thank you very much, guys. Appreciate having me on.
1: We do welcome in BadgerBlitz.com's editor, it is John McNamara. John, thank you very much for your time. Obviously a busy time of the year for you. But I wanted to get into a little signing day superlatives with you here. And we'll start with this one. The most underrated prospect in this class for Wisconsin is?
0: Good question. Um, we actually have something coming out on the site pretty soon about this. Uh, we took a look with our staff at you know, a lot of different categories. Uh, for the one that you mentioned, uh, I went with Antoine Roberts, the the running back from Tennessee. Uh, you know, Wisconsin identified him early, got him on campus uh, two falls ago, I should say, in in 2019, and then you know kept up in his recruitment and and uh, secured his commitment this spring. So you know, about six foot two, 190 pounds, with a frame to add a little bit more weight. Looks like a guy who can run between the tackles and also break it outside. I just think with with with, with Wisconsin's. Ability to recruit that position specifically and the way they're able to develop their tailbacks. Um, I think we could be talking about Robertson a couple years, a guy who was a sleeper in this class.
1: Most likely to play early?
0: That's a good question. You know, and you look up and down that roster, I think right away this season has shown us that there's a need at wide receiver. Um, I think Marcus Allen certainly fits that mold. Skylar Bell, two guys I think will be given that opportunity. Um, I would bring it to the defensive side of the ball and say, I think you see Hunter Wohler next year at the very minimum on special teams. Um, he's a guy that I think that can come in and, and help right away uh, in, in that part of the game. If not, can for some reps in the two deep. And he's a guy, in my opinion, when we look back on this class in four or five years, Hunter Wohler is going to be a multi-year starter for Wisconsin. And I think we see him right away next fall.
1: Most likely to make it to the NFL and be a first-round pick.
0: <laughs> I think that's tough to put on any kid. Uh, you know,
1: yeah, but you're going to do it, John. I'm, I'm asking, and you're going to do it.
0: Oh yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> going to do it. Absolutely, no doubt about it. I, I think the easy answer is Nolan Rucci. Um, you know, the big five-star offensive tackle coming in from Pennsylvania. Um, you know, with his skill set, his size, pedigree, all those things at a position that Wisconsin, you know, obviously develops pretty well. Um, I, I think you could, you know, project him to be playing on Sundays and. Again, a high school kid who hasn't even put on college shoulder pads yet to say that he's going to be, you know, a first round pick. I don't want to say that about anybody, but if you're looking at this group, it's probably no Rucci for a, for a lot of different reasons.
1: Biggest miss in this class?
0: Ooh, good question. Um, I would go to tight end. You know, they were in on some big time tight ends. Gunner Helm essentially had Wisconsin in his top two. He winds up at Texas. Uh, Terrence Ferguson, very similar situation. He winds up at Oregon. Uh, I think Wisconsin would have liked to have a second tight end this in a second tight end into this class to pair with Jack Pugh, but um, you know they missed on some high profile guys that wound up at Oregon and Texas, respectively.
1: Most surprising guy that they did get to commit.
0: Well, that one's an easy one. I mean, Al Ashford's recruitment commitment, <laughs> everything that went into that was you know so far against the grain of what we have seen. You know, really since you know recruits have taken over there commitment stuff in their top 10 list and you know posting every offer um, that comes their way so it was surprising but then you know once I kind of you know reflected on it it was refreshing too I mean no one had any idea that he was committing to Wisconsin I had messaged him earlier in the week and he said yeah I've heard from them and he kind of left it at that so I mean Al Ashford cornerback from Colorado who you know, didn't announce an offer from Wisconsin didn't have the Wisconsin hat on the table, did it with the, I think a hand sanitizer bottle, so that was both refreshing and incredibly surprising in this, in this class.
1: I know you mentioned tight end, but biggest position of need that they didn't hit?
0: Probably defensive tackle, and you know I think you still feel pretty good about that spot you have Keanu Benton, you know just a true sophomore, uh, Bryson Williams is there as well, he's, he's coming back from that injury, you haven't seen a ton of him this year you know, Geo Paez could probably slide inside Rodis Johnson as well. But you know, if you look at an area that they didn't hit in this class, it's defensive tackle. You know, there's a few kids that they were looking at um, decide just to go with Mike Jarvis, who I think you know probably is a guy who plays on the interior, maybe can bounce outside as well. I think he's very similar to Connor Sheehy in that respect. But you know, they didn't really get that true, you know, three-four defense nose tackle in the cycle, and I think that'll be an area of uh, importance when you look at that 2022 class.
1: This will end up being the best class Wisconsin ever signs. Correct and, and right, right. So it will be. I'm talking about ever. Is this as high as they go, or do they have a next? Do they have a next level to to take it to the next step and become a, a regular top what twenty uh, program in terms of recruiting rankings?
0: You know that's that's an excellent question, and they're certainly recruiting. You know the trajectory that they're going is is certainly in the right direction. You know, right now we have them at fifteen. As of Tuesday evening, you know, that could change. I, I think that, you know, they are all but guaranteed to finish in the top 25, and they have a, certainly a very good chance of finishing the top 20, depending on how things shake out over the next couple hours and, you know, really into the second signing day, um, which is in February. But um, I think the in state class sets you up very well to you know, equal or potentially eclipse where this 2021 class is. But, you know, you know they're going to have to do some work outside of the state as well, which they obviously did in this class. You know, I don't know if there's a five-star out there that they hit, you know, like they got with Nolan Rucci. So I guess if, if I had to predict, you know, over or under where they finished in this class, I'd go over saying, you know, it's probably top 15 or above. But um, the in-state class that we've talked about a lot, you know, I've talked about it with you guys and, you know, other people as well I'm sure have, mention it with you guys, you know, that, that in-state group is very strong. You know, there's some big four-star kids, you know, maybe a kid that moves from four-star to five-star, you know, as they, you know, get to attend more camps and, you know, get a little bit more exposure. So I think they'll have a chance at the in-state stuff, but, you know, they're going to really have to hit on some big out-of-state targets as well for that to happen.
2: John, I wanted to ask you about a couple of the guys we haven't discussed yet here on the show. The two Jakes, inside linebacker, Chaney and Ratzleff, what's your perspective on them and what they can bring to the table for the Badgers uh, in a spot where there are obviously a number of other guys.
0: Yeah, I think the, the first thing when you look at Jake Cheney, the linebacker from Florida, um, you know right away you have that Chris Orr comparison. And the staff talked to you know him during his recruitment. We we envision you playing like this. You know when he was on campus in uh, fall of 2019, he got to spend a little bit of time you know, after the game that he saw with Chris Orr. So I think that's a, a, a pretty realistic comparison, you know, to, in terms of his body size and, you know, the way that, uh, you know, his film looks, um, you know, a guy that, you know, maybe is a touch undersized like Chris Orr, but, you know, certainly um, is not afraid of contact uh, and certainly fits that inside linebacker position really well. Um, Ratzloff is obviously a very interesting guy, committed for a very long time to play hockey, at Minnesota, um, recently backed away from that in order to commit to Wisconsin, and he'll sign on Wednesday. Uh, you know, you pop on that tape, Jesse, and I know you've written about him. You know, plays tight end, played safety um, as a way to just say, "Hey, look, we're going to put you in the middle of the field because we don't want teams to to run in the opposite of the direction of you." Um, so, I think he's an excellent athlete. He could play outside or inside linebacker at Wisconsin. I think he'll find a home inside, but you know, a really good athlete who I think could play all over the field if you needed him to, because that's exactly what he did at the high school level.
2: You mentioned Wisconsin's recruiting a tight end and the fact that Gunner Helm wound up at Texas, but Wisconsin did get Jack Pugh from Ohio. What stands out about him?
0: I think he's going to be the uh, the athletic pass catcher that Wisconsin really doesn't have on this roster Outside uh, of Jake Ferguson, who could probably you know test the NFL waters after after this season here, um, maybe you have that in Jalen Franklin, but we haven't seen that just yet. Um, but you know he's a big kid, six foot five, two hundred thirty five, two hundred forty pounds, um, and like I said, I think he could be more of that traditional H back, vertical threat, pass catcher that Wisconsin needs to add to this roster. You know, you look at the guys that they have right now. You know, Cam Large, um, Rucci uh cold Dakovich, those guys might be more inline guys. I think Pugh gives you the opportunity to go a little bit more vertical as a more of a pass catcher as opposed to an inline guy.
2: One of the guys defensively we we haven't discussed is cornerback Ricardo Hallman. He was among those virtual visit commits. What do you like about him and how he could fit into the overall picture with a cornerback group that has a number of players?
0: Versatility I think sticks out with Hallman and, and that's what Jim Leonard's message to him was during his recruitment and then after he committed, you know, a guy that, you know, can play um, uh, on the boundary or he can play, you know, in the slot in the nickel. Um, he, you know, maybe a little bit of Rashad Wildgoose, what Wisconsin had in the limited time that he was on campus. So I think he brings that versatility, you know, six foot, about 180 pounds, and you can move him all over the field. And that's a big reason why he kind of elevated to Wisconsin's top cornerback uh, on its 2021 recruiting board.
1: We'll finish with this, John. I asked you when Graham Mertz committed whether he would lead them to to a national title. Now that they've got these three classes built up, the 2020 class, or they say the 19 class, the 2020 class, now this 2021 class, it's as good of a three-year stretch as they've ever had, obviously. Do they win a national title at at any point here in the next three to four years?
0: Man, oh man, oh man, you guys are wild. Um, (laughs) You know, history would tell you no, but I think you... That's a gr- that's a very, I think it's an appropriate question, right? It, you're looking at these three classes, the three classes, the highest ranked classes Wisconsin's ever got. You've won some big-time recruiting battles against Alabama, Ohio State, um, you know, a lot of other big-time schools. You know, for them to all get on campus together and begin to gel – um, I still think, you know, Wisconsin has those principles of they need a spring camp, they need a fall camp. And I know you could make that argument for every school, but, you know, the, the development is still going to be there and be necessary for Wisconsin to have that success. I think that's a big part of what we're seeing this year in 2020, just how disjointed it was and the product we see on the field right now. But, yeah, and, you know, you're probably looking at it if you're an optimist saying, look, Ram Merch is taking a lot of lumps right now, but he's going to get some guys, you know, in this class to help him out, and they're going to be really good. Uh, you know, if not next year, but then the year beyond that. So, uh, obviously, national title is, is the goal uh, for for all those teams that, that are going out there each and every day in the spring and the fall. I think Wisconsin can be in that competition. But, again, I think it comes down to when you get to the Big Ten title game, can you beat Ohio State? And it's going to be really interesting to see when these three classes are all together, you know, they've had those reps together, you have that depth in the two deep, what it could look like. But, again, Ohio State's the measuring stick. And we'll have to see if this class, along with the previous two, can put Wisconsin over the edge against the team of Ohio State, which will tomorrow sign the top-rated recruiting class in the country.
1: Of course they will. That's just, it's the rich getting richer, and that's fine. Wisconsin has been there the last uh, few years they played in the title game. In 2017, they had a shot down 43 yards. They had to get 43 yards. They would have been into the playoff. Uh, obviously had a big lead last year. Couldn't get it done. But they've they've competed better against Ohio State than they had previously. So... We'll see. We'll see. John, thank you very much.
0: Absolutely, guys. Thanks for having me.
1: And that was BadgerBlitz.com's John McNamara. Appreciate him coming on. also appreciate Nolan Rucci jumping on as well. Before we close out the show, we figured we'd look ahead to 2022, which currently right now, Jesse, is void of... Any commits? Wisconsin would have had a commit. They did have a commit, I should say, in Braylon Allen, but then he reclassified. And so now they're sitting with zero commits, which uh, is not normal for them. They usually have uh, commits early in classes. I believe you said that they had seven at this time last year. Concerned? Should there be some concerns about this 2022 class, which has a very, very good in-state class?
2: Yes. First of all, I think the staff has earned the benefit of the doubt with these last few classes, that they will be able to figure this out and, and get the number of players that they need. And I'm not sure exactly what that number is going to be because everybody in previous classes is going to retain the same year of eligibility. So we'll have to see how that shakes out. But to me, this is even more interesting than the 2021 class, because as we discussed from the beginning, the Badgers did a lot of legwork early. They can't do that in the 2022 class. And, And Saeed Khalif was talking about that this week, that normally this is a time when you start to take a peek at 2022. He said, you have no look. Some of these guys didn't play at all. Some may have a spring schedule coming up and most of what you liked about them was early tape, sophomore tape. So there's still a question mark and there hasn't been enough activity that's happened to answer the questions that the recruiting staffers at Wisconsin has. They don't know about body development or growth and they can't see these guys in person. That's another thing is that the NCAA has implemented this uh, recruiting dead period, which now goes into April of 2021. So this is going to be a bit of a holding pattern, I think. And for Wisconsin, I think the Badgers will be impacted maybe more than any other Big Ten team because a year ago, as you said, there were seven commits at this time a year ago. It was more than any other Big Ten team. And in the previous years, like 2019 and 2020, which are the the two other highly rated classes, they had four commits in 2020, and they had five commits at this time in 2019, including the three highest rated players in the class, Logan Brown, Graham Mertz, Joe Tippman. And in 2020, they had the two highest rated players with – Trey Weddig and Jack Nelson. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's a concern. Now, Wisconsin does have a really quality in-state class. It has the potential to be one of the better ones to come through here. Jerry Cross is committed to Penn State, but you've got three offensive linemen, Joe Bruner, Billy Shrouth, Carson Hinsman. And then you've got defensive end Isaac Ham, who's from nearby Sun Prairie. And I know Wisconsin's high on his list. Here's an example for you, though. Ham has never been able to visit campus and he can't visit campus now. He gained 80 pounds since last season, he said. He was 200 pounds before he's 280 now, and teams haven't had a chance to watch him. So this is a a, a fluid situation, but I think 2022 is going to be the ultimate test to Wisconsin's ability to recruit, and it's going to be fascinating to see how it unfolds.
1: It definitely will be, but uh, for now, Wisconsin will celebrate the 2021 class that will put pen to paper, majority of them, I would say all of them, I should say, uh, on Wednesday the first day that they can, as part of the early signing period, and then obviously the second signing period in February. Jesse, thank you very much. Been a great hour and appreciate uh, all your work. Thanks, Zach. It's all been right. fun. All right, there he is, Jesse Temple from The Athletic. You've been listening to The Camp here on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.